Welcome to Becoming a Business, the podcast for anyone wanting to start, build or grow their business. Hello and welcome to Becoming a Business. This week's show is all about how really your business doesn't have to be boring. It doesn't have to be a boring business, whatever you go into. You see, all you have to do is find something that, you, something that you're really passionate about and follow it. And it might come it might come up by accident. You might find yourself doing something completely by accident or you might do it by design. Either way, find something that you love doing and go do it. And you never know what could come out of it. See, that's what happened to me. I mean, I used to love telling stories. If you've listened to last week's show, then you'll find out that you'll find that I started by writing a book just to see if I could do it. And in that book, I was telling a story. I was writing. I love telling stories. Then I discovered later on that you can use storytelling techniques to actually improve your marketing, to improve your messaging, to improve pretty much everything you're doing. So it makes it so much clearer when you use stories. And that's what led me to doing what I do now, helping other people with their marketing and their branding, using story techniques to do it. So that's why I was so pleased when I was interviewing Kate Wiley for this week's show. Kate Wiley, I'm not going to give it all away, but Kate Wiley designs scarves. She used to be an art teacher, I understand, and from there she went on she had children and started designing scarves, and I'll let her tell the whole story during the, during the interview, but the important thing is she found something that she is passionate about doing, loves doing, and created the business out of it, which means that whatever you're doing, as long as you're passionate about it, as long as you love doing what you're doing, you can create a business and make a living out of it. So with no further hesitation, let's listen to the interview with Kate Wiley from katewileydesigns.com. And just before we get started, I know I said no hesitation, but hey, I'm not perfect. What can I say? So just before I get started, it would be great if you enjoy this podcast, if you could subscribe to it, rate it and review it, particularly on iTunes, because that pushes it up further up the charts or something. I'm not fully sure I understand how podcasting and ranking and all that works. But from what I understand, if people like it, sorry, not like it, that's YouTube. If people rate it and leave a review then other people see it and so if you like what you hear if you like this podcast then please leave a review put some stars on it let people know about it and then more people will be able to hear about it anyhow as i said earlier let's go to that interview with kate wiley from katewileydesigns.com no correction from katewiley.com of kate wiley designs hey i always said this podcast would not be perfect here we go. So I am with Kate Wiley from Kate Wiley Designs. Thank you so much for being on the podcast with me today. Um, welcome. Um, yeah, so we'll just go straight into it. So could you tell us a little bit about what you do? What What is it that you do? Okay, so um, at the moment I have a product which is a scarf. It's called a skinny scarf or a twilly scarf. And um, I design the patterns that go on those scarves as well. So it's often called a surface pattern designer. Um, so if you buy some clothing, you'll have a pattern on it. And yeah. you may well buy the design from a pattern maker. And then the product comes along. I do both, so I make the pattern design and then I produce the product, hmm. which, yes, at the moment is a, a 
the skinny scarf and um, in the future the puppies may go on other things. Yeah. Oh, nice. And you sell them yourself? I do. Yeah, I do everything myself. So um, I designed my website. I like to sell online as much as possible. Um, yeah. Stockists. So they also sell them. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think that's about yeah. But it also Instagram is my best friend, so okay. kind of I'm slightly addicted to Instagram and have all the product tags, so you can buy from there, which is yeah, oh, nice, nice, cool. And so, what led you to actually starting this? So, I guess you haven't always been a pattern designer. Well, it's funny because I probably have actually. Oh, okay, the secret nobody knew. <laughs> a secret pattern designer. <laughs> so, um. I did, when I was young, I was quite creative, I loved creative writing, went to uni and was guided into a career that would give me a vocation. So I studied teaching and had art as my major. And I went into teaching, which was wonderful, loved working with the children. Mm. And um, But I also did some art exhibitions, so I've always been really creative and arty. But I never had a, I never really felt like I made a business out of it. It was always more of a kind of hobby thing um, because a lot of artists find it quite hard to make money. Um, so I kind of assumed that would be the case too. Yeah. And then, um, I had my children and um, my husband encouraged me actually to find my creativity again after being exhausted with the children. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so I, I thought that would be great and I really wanted to invest in that creativity but I also wanted to run a really good business mm. um, so I just thought okay let's apply my creativity my artistic talent use it to make a product and yeah. um, that's kind of where it's gone to cool nice and so so you decide to start a business and take your design and what was like the first thing you did like how did you how did you go from having this idea to actually getting to a point where you had a product where you had something to offer people right so the so the product was um inspired by my grandma Um, and she passed away about 10 years ago but i think lots of grandmas everyone loves their grandma and my grandma was, she was quite stylish and quite fun and adventurous. And um, she used to wear these scarves. And I, I didn't really remember at the time, but when she passed away, there was lots of bits and pieces that people were throwing out and some were kept. And there was this scarf that was, you know, going to go. But I just thought that's really chic and fun. And um, you don't have to be super posh to wear it. It can just glam up your outfit. So I thought I'm going to make myself one of those. Okay. Because there isn't anything the design that I would like um, that I can find to buy anywhere. So being a pattern designer, that was quite easy to make the pattern. And then I glue gunned, I bought some fabric with my pattern on, so that gets printed. And just yeah. to test it out, I glue gunned it together um, to see what it would look like. So <laughs> that's how it all started. 
with uh, a glue gun and a piece of fabric and my grandma's inspiration. <laughs> wow. <laughs> do you still have the original then? I do. I've got my grandma's scarf. I have the glue gunned chic cotton calico, <laughs> terrible, really reusable um, mm. scarf. And, um, and then I made a proper one. So I got some really nice fabric because at the time it was a bit of investment. I, I, I was a bit nervous about spending money on nice fabric. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I knew it would work to design my glue gun expedition, um, I bought, I invested in some nice fabric and I made the first twilly skinny scarf and stitched it together, uh, wore it. And it was really nice because I think the first person who noticed it after just a week was my hairdresser and she's pretty funny nice. so basically yeah. she said I love that where did you get it from and I obviously had imposter syndrome and I was like um I made it yeah it was a bit embarrassing that she liked it but obviously I was chuffed and then um, she asked if she could have one so I was like yeah of course. And then I walked out the salon going, oh my goodness, I've got to make another one. Yeah. I made her one. It was great. And she bought it. So she paid for it. And that was incredible to me. Um, and then about, I guess I, I did a couple, I'd done loads of pattern designs. So I printed yeah. about four more patterns mm-hmm. and then a company had noticed them and said, we think that these are really unique and very well made. And we'd really like to gift them to our uh, the the people in our company for Christmas. And I got a, quite a big order for me at that point in time. So yeah. I felt a real value in them recognizing the pattern design as unique, mm-hmm. them being really well made, which was really important to me. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of really sustainable. It's an investment, something you really like yeah. to treat. Um, and yeah, this company were willing to invest. So um, it kind of grew and I've, it's really grown organically and I haven't been stopped. Good. Nice. So how, how did the company notice them? Honestly, I'm not quite sure. I think it was Instagram, my best friend again. Cool. Nice. <laughs> um, I think basically they said, we've noticed, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Instagram because it's a very visual product. Yeah. They, um, and I was taking photographs of the product now rather than just the pattern. So I had developed a brand which actually had a product to sell, which is easier for people to see and understand, obviously. So, um, yeah, they saw the product. They saw what it was, how you could wear it. So the fact that it was really diverse and different personalities could wear it in different ways. And they saw perhaps the embroidery, um, the way it was sewn, the presentation, the boxes. There's lots of little detail that were really important to me. And they said that they really picked up on that. They really liked the way they were done and that they were local, locally sourced. Nice. So um, I think they probably, yeah, just picked up on those bits and pieces. Mm. Cool. So do you, still, um, do you still make them all yourself or do you outsource them now? No, I outsource them. Very sensible, good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I, don't, it, I don't mind sewing. 
but it's not my favorite thing in the world. I love pattern design. So yeah, of course, I'll never outsource pattern design because that's a signature thing. Yeah. Um, but with time efficiency, mm. absolutely. There's a lady who I have um, who lives locally, um, really creative, but she's an incredible seamstress. Mm. So I outsource the making of them to her cool. and we have a great time. Perfect. Nice. That's very sensible. Something I need to learn to do more of. Oh, absolutely. Um, Outsourcing is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I try and do everything myself still. I will change that. I will change that at some point. I think you have to do it at the beginning because you, A, you want to learn things. You know, yeah. I haven't been a business person particularly, um, but it's nice to be learning things. So I built my own website. And at the beginning, I kind of thought, mm, this is going to be a bit tricky and really impossible. Mm. But there are certain things that you can learn. And yeah. that you understand in the beginning mm -hmm. and then there are certain things that you just need to outsource because it's going to take you so much more time than your yeah, um, yeah it's, it's cheaper basically Absolutely. somebody's much more efficient at doing something than I am lots of things yeah um, no that's cool so in growing your business what's been the biggest challenge that you've faced um biggest challenge oh probably imposter syndrome actually um I really did dislike marketing a lot yeah um, I don't know if you can tell that from my like when I when people subscribe to my newsletters and I write newsletters um or if I'm selling to a, a boutique or interested even if people approach me and say can we stock your scarves mm -hmm. I still really struggle I'm um yeah, I've had a couple of inquiries this week about stocking them in like Sheffield, which is quite far away from here. And but it's really exciting. But I feel guilty that people want to buy a product from me. <laughs> so yeah, I just feel all the time like, is this going to stop at some point? You know, this is built up. It's become a really strong business and exciting for me to invest in. But um, my struggle is maybe self-belief a little bit yeah yeah do you do anything to get over that or no okay <laughs> that's a nice easy answer um, i'd like to pay someone can i outsource that <laughs> what, pay someone to give me confidence give you confidence well actually i mean really what it is is um i find marketing very difficult and i think there are people who've got great skills at marketing yeah and i actually I no, I'm not so bad at marketing because I'm brilliant at marketing other people's products mm. and reviewing other people's companies and brands. Yeah. Uh, I really like the psychology of logos and colors and how you interact with a, web with a website. But when it comes to my own things, yeah. no, it's not happening. So I just need to get someone else on board. Ah, fair enough. No, that's cool. So, Yeah. I think imposter syndrome, I think everyone struggles with it. Um, I like something that, um, you know, Liz Halford, I don't know if you know her, but she's, she was over, she did live in Leon Solon. Now she lives over in the US, but she, um, she runs a podcast now called you is alpha. Um, the idea being that everyone can be alpha because everyone is great at that thing that they do. Um, that's helped me anyway. I'm like, I'm not like other people. 
I can I can be the best at being me. So if people want stuff from me, then that's me. And so I'm not really an imposter because I am just being myself. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. I think when I get into my stride, so if it's like an, an event or something, yeah. I, I really enjoy it because I have no doubt that my product is me, like you say. It's, yeah. um, it's unique. It's fun. Um, I just really believe in it. Otherwise, I wouldn't make all these scarves. Yeah, absolutely. So, so when I'm talking with people, mm. kind of get it and love the, the um, designs, then I'm absolutely in my element. It's really exciting. I love it. it it's just that kind of in-between bit, really. Mm. Well, when, they're, when they've approached you because they like them. Yeah. <laughs> and... And you don't have to convince them that you. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I, th I think, I don't know. I think it's very hard. Um, you have a perception of what retail is like and yeah. what selling is like. And all around us, you know, we go into these big, well, my local store is West Key. You go to West Key, you yeah. see all these established businesses. Mm -hmm. We go to Winchester and you see some established, beautiful boots with everything beautifully laid out. And my, I don't have a shop premises. I don't have retail premises. I don't yeah. know if my brand is completely nailed right now. Um, but I see everything that's perfect in my view. And mine isn't perfect in my view. Right. But... Um, so that's where you struggle to sort of think, right, well, it hasn't got to where I want to go, but I don't think you ever get to where you want to go. And I think that's a good thing. It means you're all in yourself. So I've just got to have that confidence that actually people have said to me, your website's great. It's really interesting. Really? And I need to absorb that a bit more easily. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's cool. Yeah, no, I like what you're saying about um, it'll never be perfect for us. Like, like our own stuff will never be how we want it to be. I think it's always like for everyone, it's going to be the same. Everyone's going to always think that their business could be better, could be better, could be better. And I um, think that's a good thing. Mm, absolutely. Pushes you, doesn't it? Mm. But the good thing is, is that you didn't do what so many people do, which is try and wait until they've got it all right before launching. Um, I nearly did. Did you? Yeah. What I stopped you from doing that? Somebody told me not to. Good. Well, that so, person. Sorry? Yeah, that person is very wise, whoever that was. Do you want to know the story? Go on. <laughs> so, my husband is yeah. an um, internet entrepreneur. Yes, he is. And um, so, when I was first starting out, he's not a fashion person, by the way. <laughs> but um, we thought, well, maybe since he had been running his business for sort of 12 years, he might have a little bit of knowledge that might be helpful. So we went on a date night. And nice. um, we our date night was specifically to discuss business and sort of analyse if I could come up with a business plan and yeah. view what I was doing because he didn't have a clue. Mm -hmm. uh, so we went on this date night. And after about two minutes... I kind of gave him the eyes of, please stop talking. 
we are not going to be able to talk about business together. This is, <laughs> this is not working. So, but um, we carried on with the date night without talking about business and we don't talk about business together. Okay. Uh, but he said to me, um, I was saying, you know, my website's like this. I wish it was like this. Da, 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 da. And he said something like 70% of businesses never start or or not fail, but just never start because it's not perfect Yeah, from their point of view. And that really helped me because being a visual person, a creative person, um, I wanted everything to look perfect. And yeah. uh, it really helped me to think it doesn't have to be perfect. Nobody knows it's not perfect. Um, just keep going, you know, building it a little bit at a time. And it's worked. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So now you're selling scarves all around the UK or all around the world? Well, I mean, I'd like to say the world. I've had some international orders for sure. That makes it international in my books. Okay, that's great. I mean, I kind of have this. I still, again, I still don't really know what I think I really want for the brand specifically, apart from I want a pattern design. But... um, yeah, I've had orders from Japan and the US um, and Italy. Nice. So they're my main international orders. Um, and I really like that because I think the designs really suit people, maybe specifically from like France, Italy and Japan, yeah. Japan because they're quite bright, vibrant colours. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, I've sold all over the UK and then like I say a few boutiques are going I've been in Hampshire for a little while in a few Hampshire boutiques um but now I'm getting inquiries from around the UK which is it's quite exciting and a bit scary and weird yeah no it's good it's good um and so you said earlier that Instagram is your best friend Mm -hmm. how do you use Instagram to to like grow your brand and your business? Um, well, for me, um, it's fantastic because of the way I communicate with people. I love a chat, as you might be able to tell. And Instagram is really good for those short, sharp chats with people, essentially. Obviously, I'm not having a conversation with them verbally, but I'm having a conversation with them visually. So um, it's great for... My, my content is always consistent with my brand. Yeah. It's quite, it's quite zany. It's quite, look, I'm a normal mum and it's hard to be stylish in the morning. Yeah. Um, and I think I connect with those people mm. who are on Instagram. So I don't connect with everyone. You know, there's Absolutely. lots of people who don't follow my feed. Mm. Uh, but what I love about it is that you attract people who do like your feed and they will stick with you. They will become your tribe. They will only follow you if they like your product. If they don't like your product, they will unfollow you. It's good for you, yeah. good for them. So it's very targeted, um, I guess, marketing, but also targeted communications, really. Yeah, yeah. So do you – I'm just trying to think how to phrase a sense. The question um do you specifically do things that a lot of people do like 
Um, I know that on Instagram, loads of people will follow loads of different people so that they follow you back. Never. Stuff like that. No? Good. I, I always find that to be a bit... It's, it feels weird. I know a lot of people say, oh, no, you have to do it, but... Yeah. There's lots of um, interesting uh, thoughts, marketing ideas mm. about Instagram. Um, sometimes you can pay for page follow. You can pay for followers. Yeah. Which... It's all very well and good if you yourself want to um, have grow an identity in a certain way. Um, I just can't be bothered. <laughs> I'm like, look, yes. you like it or you don't. Um, growing it organically has meant that it has grown very slowly. Yes. So I started off with, you know, maybe 60 followers. Yeah. Were my friends. Yeah. Um, they were nobody else and and that was like, oh, that's kind of them. That's very nice of them to look at my product. And then it got to a hundred and I was like, what? This is yeah. incredible. And then it grew really slowly to about 300. But these were all people that I didn't know. And yeah. so even though... Um, it is quite hard and painful and you sort of think because it's organic, oh, am I not doing so well? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm at 500 odd at the moment and there's lots of people on tens of thousands. And so yeah. it makes you feel like you're not successful. But mm. I pull myself back and say, look, you haven't asked for any of these people to follow you. It's all people who are interested in the product. They stay Absolutely. there. Um, I do have some, I think, people who do what you said previously, which is mm. they follow me in the hope that I will follow them back. Yeah. Um, and I just don't do that because they're not. Uh, the other thing is often you see your followers go down by about 10 overnight and you're like, oh, what have I done wrong? Yeah. It's nothing to do with you. It's no, absolutely. Or, yeah, mm. random people. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I am. Um, it's it's really organic at the moment and it probably is perceived as quite a low number but uh, all those people are very have high integrity yeah they won't unfollow me because they think the brand is fun and interesting absolutely so i love it <laughs> no it's good it's a, it's always it's better to have 500 really engaged followers who really love what you do than 10,000 who are indifferent absolutely um, yeah so no that's good that's cool um and so if anyone had was thinking of starting a business and weren't sure like what to do what would you say like what one what one tip would you give them <laughs> oh gosh um i'd say that your business will succeed if you really believe in it mm -hmm. So I have a very abstract product in the fact that it's a twilly scarf. It is a bit more um, one of those things that the French people wear, or yeah. you know. Um, but I, I just love it, and I really believe in it, and I really believe it helps people feel like they have a personality, which is very different to other people, which is why I sell it. So I feel like. If you have a unique selling point or a business which you personally 
think has a value to somebody else and will give something to somebody else, then you must just commit to it. Even if your friends say it's not, for example, worth the amount that you're putting on it, Mm -hmm. uh, just, yeah, just, I guess, stick to what you believe in your dreams. (laughs) bit weird, but it's worked for me. Absolutely right. No, that's cool. Cool. Thank you so much. Um, This has been an excellent interview. It's time for another question of the week. So today's question comes from Erin Tarr, who is out in America. I believe Erin Tarr from erintarr.com. She provides influential and high-impact mentorship programs for teen and tween girls. Anyhow, her question is, what is your number one business building tool? Now, in terms of business building, there's two ways of looking at it. You can either look at it from an online perspective or an offline. Obviously, the tools we use are going to be very different, although the principles can be the same. So for me, answering that question, I would say that my number one offline tool is going to be networking. Meeting people, meeting other business owners, other entrepreneurs, finding out what they need and how I can help them is the best way that I have found for building my business. And I guess it will be the same for you, whatever business you're in. If you are in a business where you are helping provide services or mentorship, as mentioned, for teenage girls, and really you want to be networking with people who are your ideal customers. So are they your are they parents, I should say, of teenage girls or tween, which I guess is the age sort of 11 to 13, just before puberty hits, I don't know. Um, I don't know enough about that specific area of business. Um, but yeah, so it could be parents, so you're networking with parents, but also networking with other people who work in a similar genre, similar niche, or as they say in America, a niche to you. So if you are providing mentorship for teenage girls then you might want to be networking with teachers doctors uh, social services anything like that where they might be able to guide people to you as a solution to problems um, it's the same in other in other um, areas of business business as well so if you're a dog walker for example you could be networking with dog owners which is great particularly if you own a dog yourself Or you could be networking with vets, with rescue centers, even social services who might know of some older people who have dogs that need walking, all that sort of stuff. Network with people who can guide you to your client as well as your ideal clients. And the same can be said for using social media networks. So you can use networking as a social media, from a social media point of view, I should say. So for example, Get into groups where your ideal customers hang out. Also get into groups where people who can guide your ideal customers to you hang out. So if there were a group for dog owners or dog lovers, then join that if you're a dog walker. Um, Or look into groups where you know there are lots of vets or veterinary nurses, all that sort of thing, who might be able to guide customers in your direction. So... 
Online, however, it's another matter. I would say email marketing is the best tool because you can automate it all. It's like you've got a salesperson who is contacting your potential leads and prospects without you having to be there, without you having to rewrite email after email. Now, obviously, if you can, if you, if you can personalize, then great. But there's so many great tools out there um, that will help you do this. The normal way of doing this would be to create what's called a lead magnet on a website where people sign up, they give you their email address and you send them a free report or a free PDF or you you help them with a problem. You then send them emails afterwards uh, explain, giving them more value, explaining how they can get a, improve on that solution to their problem and keep going from there. And eventually you ask for a sale and hopefully people will buy and become your customers. That is what I found to be the most successful way of getting new customers online for me. Obviously, it depends on your business, but let's go with um, the dog walking side of things. As a dog owner, I know a little bit more about dog walking than I do about mentoring teenage girls, although I do have three daughters who are almost all teenagers now. Um, So give me a couple of years and I might be able to answer in your genre specifically. But... um, Yeah, so let's say it's dog walking. So you might have a free report on how to choose the best dog walking exercises for your dog. So it's not just about how to take your dog for a walk. It's how to take your dog for a walk and make sure he or she gets the best exercise whilst doing it. Uh, They then download that and then you send them an email saying, oh, are you local to this area? And offer your services and say if you want to save time on walking your dog we know how busy life can be and sometimes walking your dog really is a toll on your day-to-day living then let me know and I will walk your dog for you for this amount and you'll get customers that way that's obviously a very simplified version and not very well thought out because I am not a dog walker I do walk my dogs but but I'm not a dog walker as a business so You know what I mean? Anyhow, so that's what I would say. I would say networking offline particularly is amazing for growing your business. And online, I would go with email marketing. Now, personally, the email marketing software that I use at the moment is called GetResponse, and I find it super easy to use. You can create really nicely laid out emails and you can automate stuff really easily. And it's not that expensive. You have to pay a little bit per month, but it's not it's not horrendous. Uh, particularly for starting out, it's great because you the price banding increases as you get more leads. So the more people you have on your lists, the more expensive it is. But hopefully the more people you have on your list, the more business you have. So it all sort of pans out. And here, I would say get response. And if you go to becomingabusiness.com forward slash get response, then that will take you through to um, their page. Um, really easy to find. Um, yeah, networking and email marketing is what I would say. Sorry about all the pauses today. Um, it's school holidays and I'm trying to get everything recorded really quickly between my children walking in the room. Anyhow, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, then please, please subscribe, rate and review this podcast so that more people can find it and more people can enjoy it. Have a great week and I'll speak to you next time.